Well, that's cool. Um, that's awesome. What about so? I guess since you talked about you did the stilt gig in San Jose, like how did you get into doing stilts? That's pretty exciting. Yeah, it was really it's it's um this guy named Roy Johns who's also from Northern California. Okay. Um, he 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 was in a group called the Mums, which were like in LA. They were like a famous kind of like punk rock circus juggling act. Oh wow! And then yeah, and then the late nineties, he trained. Well, actually, mid nineties, he trained. He he started a group called Girls on Stilts, and I used to be a dancer. So um, I met him through a, a mutual dancer and then he trained us all and um, on stilt walking. And that was before circus became very like mainstream. So um, we did a lot of uh, different gigs like um, like the U2 after party and like, I don't know, a bunch of just oh, wow. random things. But it was really fun. That's cool. What was the transition like going from being like a dancer to being a still performer <laughs> pretty natural actually uh the big joke was well because um you know i never really fit in with like hip-hop like mainstream dance i was kind of like i started i trained as a ballerina and then i tried to be a, like a professional dancer and circus still walking kind of hit my sweet spot because it was like the weirdos you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true yeah so it felt it felt kind of fun and natural and walking on stilts at parties is, was really fun because it was like we were a bunch of us were became really good friends and we all we were the tallest people at the party so everyone <laughs> would look at us it's like you guys had your own like conversations up up top yeah it's like the best way to go and you and we usually wore little masks and wigs so we were in disguise and it gave it made you feel very like you could do anything it was fun <laughs> that's, that's awesome. awesome that's awesome uh well this is a good place to start hey what's up everybody uh welcome to hypothetical comedy podcast i am funky sam medina and i'm athena rodriguez and we're here with comedian actress and still walker precious <laughs> chong how are you Ooh. precious I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for being here. It's super. It's an honor for us to be talking to you right now. Yeah. So you know Linda Camacho? Is that how yes. you guys? Yeah. yeah, we actually got, um, we became pretty good friends with Linda Camacho during the pandemic, doing the Zooms and things like that and hanging out and doing comedy together online, all that fun stuff. I love it. That was like one of the perks of the pandemic was connecting with people you wouldn't otherwise right yeah absolutely we have we have friends in like almost every state and a lot of countries now just because of that we were doing a lot of online mics we were running a lot of online stuff and yeah we just met a lot of awesome people including linda that's great yeah, yeah. absolutely but she was beaming about how you helped her in a sense of um i think you were holding classes and training her and she said you were very patient and you just kind of like changed her world with with comedy really oh that's so good to hear yeah uh, definitely she's such a character and she um i like teaching comedy it's fun i never thought i would it's something i kind of fell into and um, I grew up around comedy, so maybe that's why I, I, it's natural for me. But um, it's really fun to, you know, help people kind of find their voice. I basically just listen and laugh, and then people <laughs> and and it's just an interesting journey because it's like not always it's 
you never know who's going to who's going to stick with it who who you know and everyone is usually well everyone has such interesting backgrounds and stories and when you tap into that it really is i find it fascinating and i like hearing people's stories so um and linda linda has an interesting background and she's just such a uh you know a one of a kind type of person yeah absolutely absolutely definitely um so how did you get involved in second city um I got contacted by, I can't think of his name now, but he used to run the teaching program, Kevin Frank. Kevin Frank contacted me in like 2016, I think it was. And he said, hey, do you want to teach stand-up? And I wasn't sure because, number one, I had only done stand-up maybe at that point since 2000 and. 10. I mean, I dabbled in it when in, in when I, in my 20s, but I never stuck with it. I did, I did a lot of like sketch comedy, like I did groundlings in LA and um, the training. And, uh, and then um, I was around a lot of comedians. Um, but then I started doing it in Toronto, funnily enough. And, um, and then Kevin Frank contacted me because I guess he wanted more uh, female teachers. Okay. Yeah. And um, so I thought I'd give it a shot, and I ended up really liking it. It was fun. That's incredible, and we do need a lot more, you know, female voices in comedy. So that's good that you're out there and you're inspiring a generation of female comics. Yeah, I think I think it helps too because I think if it, if it's only male co comedians, they you know they they I think comedy is so subjective. Anyways, you respond to things that you relate to. So the more diverse the teachers the more diverse the, you know, the responses and it's more open and, um, and, uh, and so much of, I think comedy to me, especially if you are not, you know, uh, the usual, I mean, it's changing now, but the usual comedian, um, is just feeling confident enough and, and not intimidated to just go up there and, and do it, you know? It's all about confidence, really. It's all about just having the balls to do it and yeah. fail. <laughs> yeah, no, there's you're absolutely of, right. Because I there's know a lot of failure. Yeah, when I I know when I'm feeling super confident, like I do good, and then when I'm not feeling so confident, I kind of like don't do great. So yeah, even when you're right doing the that. same jokes. Yeah, yeah, that, right, exactly, exactly. Doing the same crazy. Jokes, your mindset going onto that stage sometimes. I know. I know. Yeah. Were you involved uh, when the Second City uh, went online? And then what was that transition like during the pandemic? Yeah, that was so weird. I I kind of, like, during the time, I it was, I kind of hated it. But I think everybody did. <laughs> yeah, was, we all kind of loved it and hated it at the same time. It was hard to connect. And then, um, but then the, the, the gift, I mean, I don't think Second City would like it. Then I realized I was like, oh, I don't need to teach for Second City. I can just do it on my own because we're on Zoom. And um, yeah. so I just started to run my own classes, which made me, you know, kind of customize what I like. I mean, it's harder to get students because I don't have the Second City reach. Um, yeah. But but I was able to, like, keep my classes to, like, seven people and two hours because, like, three hours and 15 people is just a lot. Yeah. And you don't give people the attention they need. Um, so I just started teaching on my own um, after the transition from Second City. 
Um, but it was cr a crazy time thinking back to it. Yeah, definitely. Are you still teaching uh, on your own? I am. I am. I just started back um, in person teaching at this place, this bar in um, Toronto that um, offered me a space. So they have like a comedy space in the basement called Tall Boys. So um, I started in person, um, but I was teaching online all through up until the summer. I think I taught. So then I started to teach one online class and one in-person class. And um, and I'm not teaching December, but I probably will start up again in January, maybe. But the thing about teaching um, online was I was able to teach people in California yeah. and in different places and in yep. Texas. Um, so that was better, but, um, but yeah, I'm going to start up again in January, probably. That's Wonderful. awesome. How can people uh, contact you if they're interested in hearing more information about that? Um, I'm on Facebook. That's probably the best way. Um, but on my email is really easy. It's my name at yahoo.com. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Because I'm old. Awesome. <laughs> I won't let go of no, those I have are the best emails, though, because it's straight to the point. Yeah. <laughs> I have a Gmail, but uh, there, there's a, believe it or not, there's another precious Chong that lives in Hawaii, I think. Oh, wow. wow. That's, that and she got crazy. the Gmail. She's younger. Oh, <laughs> so, so, so my Gmail is Chong Precious, which isn't bad. But... No, that's not bad. That's funny. Yeah, I think it's a bunch of emails for you. Oh. I wonder. I wonder. I haven't heard any. You should hit her up. Be like, hey, do you have any emails to forward to me? <laughs> That's awesome. So did you did you grow up in Toronto? No, I grew up in Los Angeles, actually. Okay, okay. That's awesome. What was it like? Uh what was it like growing up for you? Because your story's me a little bit different because you had a famous father. So what was that kind of like for you? At what age, I guess, did you really discovered that things were a little bit different for you yeah um uh well i i think it was pretty much from right from the get-go um i knew because my parents were hippies even before my dad was, <laughs> was famous he, my name was precious he had long hair and you know we we were just different from everybody um and then i remember uh going on the road with him when cheech so i was like maybe four or five and so we'd watch them perform that's incredible um, yeah it was really fun it just you know when you're a kid it all just seems like it's your life so you don't really yeah you don't really notice but it was fun i my mom my dad my mom said that i would always have she'd always have to take me away when they did the uh, old man in the park because he pretends to die in it and so i would get oh, wow. upset so i'd have to she always have to leave, take me out but um but i mean you know most of the comedy i didn't get because i was so little but um i i just i just knew that they were you know cheech and chong were just you know that's their job and um i, I kind of grew up as they got more and more famous so it was like you know we we uh the real estate with the places we lived in got nicer and um he just got they got more famous but it wasn't like um you know it was mild it was kind of gradual i guess um but as a teenager i kind of didn't i kind of rebelled against it i wanted to just be you know 
have a normal name and just like be a normal teenage girl. And that was. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet. That's always I bet. It's, really, <laughs> it's really challenging to rebel when your parents are counterculture. You know, it's like, what do you do? Right. You then you have grades, to be actual culture. Straight edge. <laughs> you have to be, you have to get good grades and go to yeah. university. You have to be straight laced. Exactly. That's what I did. Oh, nice. Precious got a 401k. Can you believe her? 4.0, what <laughs> was happening? acting up. <laughs> That's awesome. Do you uh, do you have any fun stories of, like being on the road with uh, with Cheech and Chong uh, act and stuff like that, like that you experienced? Um, yeah, I do. I have this one vivid memory um, when uh, these guys, these fans came to my backstage to this show and one of the guys was like, oh man, you were so funny. I peed my pants and he had pee and his pants were wet. And I was like, oh. and I remember being little and being like, oh God, like that's sad. <laughs> I, I feel like if that happened to me, I probably wouldn't find the person and admit it to them. Right, <laughs> with the pee still there. You know, they're like, yeah that that's that's one vivid one um that's wild i remember i just remember like he they would always put all the kids in the movies like kind of like just small parts so i always really liked um shooting because i got to have a day off and there was craft service and um like you got snacks and no school like that's basically what i liked about it um but i remember my dad was i think it was next movie they were shooting it at universal and um the blues brothers were they were shooting at the same time and i remember uh him and them talking to john belushi and dan Aykroyd. um but you know what's interesting maybe it's the cocaine but um <laughs> comedians at that time were very serious like when you met them in person they they're very they were very in, intense and serious you know it was it's not how you expect <laughs> yeah. wow. that's interesting i wonder i wonder if like um maybe comedy wasn't like as embraced as it is now so people didn't feel like they could let their guard down maybe i don't know that's interesting though you're right yeah maybe maybe i mean looking like I mean, it's kind of insane what my dad and Cheech did. Like, basically, it's like oh, yeah. how did they, like how did they even have the audacity to make those movies at the time? Like, <laughs> it, it didn't really exist until they sort of created this. I yeah. mean, there were other like comedy things, but there was never um, like were stoner kind of, humor. There was not like stoner humor. Yeah. Yeah. So. So when I was with my dad over this holiday, he was talking and I kind of knew this. So they, my dad used to run um, him and his family in Chinatown had this bar, this like, um, they called it a titty bar. I know that's not very, <laughs> but it was basically a topless bar in Chinatown. That's what they call them. That's what they call them. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and my dad started to get in, he saw the committee, he saw this uh, improv group, troop and and he saw Lenny Bruce and he wanted to do this sketch and so he started to do sketches at this comedy at the topless bar and um and that's when he met Cheech 
And uh, so they would perform in Chinatown at this bar and um, to, mostly to like drunk Duangshorman. And <laughs> they met this guy. This was like, I guess, maybe 70, 69, 70. And they met this. There was this guy named Strawberry who was like 16 and he had crazy hair. And he was like, <laughs> Wow. And they were like, hey, what's your name? He's like, hey, man, I'm Strawberry. <laughs> so they, they hired him to do lights. And that's where my dad got the man character. Like, that's where, hey, man. Like, <laughs> oh, wow. That is, that's where man came from. That's crazy. That's really cool. Yeah. Like, he did and it for so long, so natural. I thought it was just him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so strawberry my dad said strawberry would do the lights and he'd be like sometimes you'd be like oh man that did not work that was not <laughs> funny <laughs> wow that is incredible because uh, strawberry didn't have a place to live right he was like a 16 year old hippie and and he was like do you you know and they gave him he slept in the club and he did the lights like that's the story so yeah Wow, and he he helped inspire like such Star a huge, born. such a huge phenomenon. I know, isn't that funny? Yeah, that's crazy. That's awesome. Yeah, oh, I love it because so because you were mentioning that when you were teaching comedy, that it was always important to to get different perspectives and people, you know, developing their authentic comedy voice. And here, your dad does this. Uh, thing where he implements comedy from a different perspective that people didn't realize there was an audience for. Yeah. And it's yeah. so amazing. It's so yeah. amazing to take that chance and go, Hey, I don't know if there's going to be people who like this, but I know I like it. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. I mean, you know, it, he was inspired and some and there's controversy because some of the people of the committee would say they took uh, sketches, but they but they he was inspired by their sketches. But then him and Cheech brought their own experience and created yeah. the characters. And then it's sort of I mean, that's what comedy is. It's always like, yeah, stealing, but like, but also inspiration but also sort of your own take on on it which makes it new and different yeah yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. that's that's incredible and i i would imagine uh you know in the beginning for them it was an uphill battle because they're not typically what hollywood wanted oh 100 percent. they were um you know it took them it took them like uh you know it doesn't seem long but they were they were out there doing open mics in la for you know, a good year, two years. Um, and um, they didn't even have a car. So they would do like, they would ride this like little moped and um, wow. he, they would have to wear all of their costumes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I guess, uh, yeah, if you wear all your costumes while you're driving, then you don't need a luggage. <laughs> Well, you didn't have any. Yeah. So they would literally wear all their costumes and go to these do, do these open mics. And like, you know, people would like run out of the club because they were so disgusted by their sketches. And oh, wow. I know. But, you know, luckily, you know, they found Lou Adler and, and he gave them their first shot. And that's the rest is history, I guess. Yeah. Wonderful. I know you said it was only like a year, but when you are 
putting in the work, those years kind of drain you because you're well, yeah, working so you know, my hard. Dad, my dad had, um, you know, he already had a family. He had a, he had two families. So he had me and my mom, and then he had Robbie and Radon, um, my older sisters and Maxine. So he wasn't like a spring chicken. Like he had, he had responsibility. Um, and so my mom, so my mom, the story goes is my mom had cocktail waitress at that titty bar and made a ton of money. <laughs> so that's what they were able to live off of in LA for a year, but then they were running out of money and, um, you know, uh, it was kind of down to the wire. Like Cheech was ready to go back to, to study, to be a teacher. And oh, my man. mom was going to have to go back to Vancouver. And, um, this is a cool, this is a crazy story. I mean, if you've read his book, it's in there, but, the story goes, um, my mom, we were out of money. My mom couldn't work because she's Canadian there. And I was really little. And my mom's like, "You, I'm going to have to go. I'm leaving you, Tommy, because we don't have any money. You can't even buy me a pair of shoes. And so he went to the bank to get money out. And um, he asked, the woman asked for his the balance, if he wanted to see the balance. And he said, sure. And there was like, I think there was like $5,000 in his account, like obviously a mistake. And he or way more than he had. He had like about sixty dollars in their account. So we went back and to my mom and and said, "Look at there's all this money in the account." And she's like, "Go back and get that money." <laughs> <laughs> so they took all this money out, and then there was the earthquake in LA. So all the banks were closed for a couple of days, and and then the bankers came to our house and was like, "You there was a mistake. That was." not your money we need to get that money back oh wow and, they literally came to your house for that yeah That's and crazy. the story the story goes is that there's we didn't even have any furniture we just had one blow-up chair and so like the bank manager had to sit in this weird blow-up chair and <laughs> um my dad was like oh man i spent it because i thought it was a um you know a royalty from my music so and they had yeah and then um and then like a week later, Lou Adler saw them at the Troubadour and they got their deal. So it was like oh. that little thing changed their wow. life. Yeah. And it was a great story. That's incredible. Yeah, because that $5,000 just kind of kept them going until they were able to get that deal. And yeah. that just changed their lives forever. Yeah, my dad has sort of a, he has that kind of, I, I guess I'd say charmed life, but he's led the life at like some like, a, he's had a very uh, interesting life. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. But I mean, <laughs> I feel like I feel like we all have those moments, but we don't really look at them that way. A lot of the times yeah, when we're struggling, we can't see the the end results or anything being very positive. <laughs> it's yeah. true, and that's. I think that's that's the difference. I think that's, and I don't even have this all the time. I wish I did, but my dad has a real um, sense of um, possibility and magic. Like he, he really believes, like, I think that's why he could do those things. Cause he take those chances because he really has that like yeah. um, connection, whatever that is. Connection. Yeah. And it's just like, he knew, you know, just keep going. And when I get to the end of the rope, something good will happen. Mm-hmm. And he just knew that. That's incredible. Uh, you mentioned earlier that that they were putting kids, you know, here in cameos, whatever, on the Cheech and Chong movies. Were you in a Cheech and Chong movie? 
Um, I was, but I always got cut out. Oh. <laughs> Here, I still got my snack. I still got my day off. <laughs> That's cool. So you're on the deleted scenes? I guess. <laughs> yeah, like I think in one of the movies, you know, they never even really wrote scripts. They would just kind of wing it. Um, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, they had a lot of, because they'd done all the sketches over the, over the years, they knew their material. Um, um, yeah, there was this, I, I don't want, there was this one movie, and maybe it was next movie, um, where they had this whole like um, alien scene where a UFO comes down. <laughs> and, um, and my sisters and I were, were like the aliens, but it got cut. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Was that the start of your acting career? Because I know you've done a lot of acting and things like that. Um, is that kind of what inspired you to do that? No, not really. I mean, <laughs> um, that was just sort of like what my dad did. I, I don't, I used to do, com I did commercials when I was little because I grew up in LA. So it was kind of all around me. Yeah, um, but absolutely. I really wanted to do something more serious, like be a ballerina and, you know, so you started. So, to... oh, so it was more. I was more focused on that, um, and then it wasn't until it wasn't until I and I liked writing. So then after I after the ballet thing kind of went to the wayside, I thought, oh, I'll probably be like a writer. Um, so it wasn't until I was in my early twenties that I started to think about acting. So it took me a long time because everybody in my family was doing it. So, and I was kind of shy, so I didn't think it was my path, but I don't know, I came around to it. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So you said you were writing first? Writing? You were writing first before you were acting? Yeah, I studied English lit and language and I liked, um, I liked writing and I liked dancing, so, uh, yeah, I still write a lot. I still write. Um, yeah. That's cool. And, well, which... and comedy is like, right. I mean, comedy yeah. is. Writing. Yeah, absolutely. What do you prefer? Do you prefer the acting or do you prefer the writing? I love acting. It's so fun. Um, so I think I like both because I like writing because I have control. Like I can do it when I want to. I don't have to wait for somebody to hire me to act. To act. Um, and I like to write my own stuff. Um, cause I, I think acting is really fun, but it doesn't use enough of my brain. You know what I mean? Like I can't just be an actor. I get to, um, like, it's not enough. I mean, maybe if I was on a series all the time, but even then I think I would get frustrated with just having to say other people's things. So acting is fun because it allows me to get out of my head, like to stop thinking and, and writing is fun because it allows me to be in in my head. So I like both. Ooh, that's a oh, good way to look at it. Yeah, that is an incredible and way to look at it. comedy is like the marriage of the two. Yeah, like comedy. What you wrote. Yeah. But also having that, that like moment of like, um, you don't know what's going to happen feeling on stage. Because I mean, I don't know about you. But most of the time I do stand up right before I do it. I'm like, why do I do stand up? I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is the opposite. Um, I get uh, I've been doing it since 2009. But every every time, every time I go up, I my body is just like shaking. And I'm like, 
why am I shaking so bad? I love doing this. I love it. Why does my body do this every time? But I think that's the transformation, right? That's like the, 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 that's why we do it because we, it's that like, it's like, oh God, here we go. Are we going to survive? Or, or it's like, Yeah, and then uh, it's funny because, like, if I'm doing like a big show, I'm getting really nervous, and then after my set, I just feel like this this whole relief, like, just okay, I can just relax now. I'm done, and it just it's great. I love it though, and I love the rush, just being on stage and getting lots of laughs and things like that. That's just it's amazing. It's so amazing. It It really is. It's is. really powerful. Yeah. How did you transition into stand up? Like, what what um, inspired you to to go that direction? Um. Well, I think I always wanted to do it. I think I was just scared. Um, so I used to do a lot of like, I did a solo show in my early 30s. And then I started to do more like writing and character work. And and I did a lot of sketch. And then um, one of the person people I did sketch with did stand up. And then um, honestly, I was, it was, I took a class from Don Whitwell, who's a comedian here, who taught a lot of women because she was tired of doing stand-up with just guys. She was like, I'll teach a class so more women do it. And um, that's when I, I, I did it. And then I realized, oh, it's such a great way to perform and not have to rehearse or have costumes. I was like... <laughs> 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 um, so I think it just became, um, uh, yeah, I just kind of naturally kind of started to get into it. And, you know, I think also, cause I had done it like once or twice in LA, but it was, I think it was in Toronto, there was so much opportunity for stage time, you know? Oh yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So there's like a lot, it's a really good place to get good at comedy because you can go up a lot. That's great. That is, yeah. a, that is incredible. We have you guys do similar. Where do you guys perform? In, yeah, like in San Francisco, New Oakland, San Jose. We've been to LA, you know, once or twice. Not not that much, but uh, we performed. Oh, we performed on our honeymoon in Honolulu. That was super fun. Yeah. Oh my god! How uh, incredible! Yeah, we were uh, we were planning going to Honolulu, and I you know went on Facebook and I looked for people and I looked for shows and I just started messaging people and sending videos. Hey, my wife are going to be there, you know, this weekend. You know, whatever. Can we get a spot? Can we get a spot? And somebody gave us a, a guest spot on on a big show, and it was super fun. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that's nice. That was probably our favorite our favorite time because it was in Hawaii. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> So you guys met doing stand-up? Is that how it happened? No, not exact. So we uh, we went to middle school together, junior high. And then we went to different high schools and just kind of went different ways in life. And then uh, 2010, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm on Facebook now. You know, I get Facebook and I'm looking up old people and I kind of, you know, one person leads to another person, leads to another person. I ended up adding her on Facebook and uh, we, you know, chit-chat a little bit and she was like, Oh, I do stand-up comedy now because she was open micing for about a year at that point. And it was right. my dream. It was my dream to do comedy as well. And oh. so we just started hanging out and she was helping me get my stuff ready. And I would go to open mics and watch her. And then I started doing it eventually. And here we are. Yeah. <laughs> 12 years <laughs> <I> later. <love> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so, so here cool. We are. Absolutely. Definitely. That's so, a nice 
And it's funny because everybody asks us if we do stand up together. And I say, my answer is always, yes, we do stand up together, but separately. Because uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> most places aren't set up for two people anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice to have someone to sort of bond with and go over your stuff with, though. Yeah, That's absolutely. Really absolutely. Then, like on the road, going to shows, we're bouncing ideas off and jokes and, yeah. and chatting. And then the drive home is always fun, too, because we talk about everything that happened that night. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. That didn't hit or yeah, did hit. And... Like everything. It's such a it's a fun experience. And we get to share it with our loved one, you know, our, yeah. our, yeah. our person. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. And I came to a realization uh, during the pandemic, especially because, you know, I was on Zooms a lot doing comedy and stuff. So was she. And I realized I would I couldn't picture myself with somebody who wasn't a comedian because yeah. I feel like they would be kind of jealous because it takes up a lot of my energy and time. And so since we share a passion, it's kind of we're both just in it. I love it. That's yeah, great. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nice. Um, so you said you started comedy in Toronto. Like when did you at what point in your life did you go from L.A. to Toronto? Um, so in 2000, well, I did a, a play because I did a play in Winnipeg. It was a co-production between a, a, a theater company of Ventura and a theater company, Manitoba Theater Center. And I met Wes, who's this, my, my son's father. And we had this like whirlwind romance and he was from Toronto. We're not together anymore, but we're very good friends. But we, <laughs> we so we ended up, um, I ended up moving to Toronto because I, I had dual citizenship. And then we lived in LA for a little bit and then we broke up and then we went back to Toronto. We got back together and then we went back to Toronto. And so, yeah, love got me to Toronto, but <laughs> I, I think Thank it you. was, it was a good place. Um, I think because for me, I think cause I kind of create a little bit more of a, my separate identity and uh, a good place for my son because he there's health insurance yeah. <laughs> right exactly <laughs> i mean not insurance it's free health free health care yeah um and yeah so that's and then i i have i'm with someone we've been together he's not a comedian he's uh but we've been together for oh, almost 13 years so um but we're we're like uh my son is 17 now so He's finishing high school, so I might, we're sort of in transition, so I might move back to L.A. Um, to be with my family more, just like part-time. That's cool. So your family lives in L.A.? Your dad, all them? Yeah, my parents are in L.A. One brother lives in Tofino, which is uh, in like this island in Vancouver that he's a surfer. So <laughs> Wow, in, in Vancouver, that's cool. Well, Tofino, there's a big, there's surfing in Tofino, and then they live in uh, Mexico. That's in near Puerto, outside of Puerto Vallarta, they have a place now, so they go back and forth. I love okay, I would imagine, yeah, the surf is probably better there. I would imagine the water in Canada is probably all frozen. It's very cold. <laughs> yeah. BC is very cold. It's definitely wetsuit surfing. <laughs> oh, wow. That's crazy. That's yeah, crazy. yeah. Oh my goodness. Sorry. I'm just like, cause my, my youngest is uh 16 years old and she's getting up there and I'm like, <sighs> they get, they grow so fast and then they leave. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's kind of unreal. 
Oh man. It kind of is, it's, yeah. It's crazy. I know. It is. I know. Oh man. Sorry. I know. I that moment where I was just like, they, they get so big. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And it doesn't, I mean, everyone always says that, but it doesn't feel that long ago. That no, it, it goes really fast. Life just, yeah. I mean, we've been there for 12 years and it really doesn't feel like that. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Life just goes so fast. It's crazy. Um, so you, you've been in so many things, like we can't talk about everything you've been in, obviously we'd be here forever. Uh, but what are some of the most awesome things that you've kind of been in as far as acting and stuff like that? Mm -hmm. Um, or fun stuff. Uh, I, I, well, I, I mean, I guess the, the movie that like, uh, I was in a movie called the LA confidential. I had a really small Ooh. part in it, but that was like a big movie that, and then I yeah, was, that was in, a big movie. And then um, I had, I've had a weird kind of journey, I guess. I was in this, I was in this commercial um, that kind of was one of the first viral commercials, which is weird, called um, for Nutrigrain. It was, a, it was a spec commercial, which means it wasn't really, it was just for the director. Um, but it became in like 2003 and it became this weird phenomenon that people would just email to each other um, <laughs> yeah you can look it up online it's called it's for Nutrigrain, and it says i feel great and it was just this director justin reardon is just insane and we just made this crazy commercial and so that's the other thing that was really fun and then um recently um i i co-wrote a movie called homewrecker that's um on shutter it's like a comedy horror that we shot in my house in 2018 and oh, wow. um, that's incredible yeah and it did it's it's done really well it did a, a lot of the great festivals in austin fantastic fest and fantasia fest it was kind of a bummer because it got released over covid so it didn't have like a theatrical oh. release but um but but yeah it's on shutter and um so that was really fun and and so i'm hoping to and then this year I, I, I wrote another movie that I was trying to get money to make and it was getting so frustrating that um, I made a documentary. Um, I entered an adult ballet competition <laughs> and I, I documented myself learning the variation and preparing for it and going to Miami and performing it. So it's kind of like this sort of bizarre journey I took as a middle-aged woman. Wow. And so uh, it's I imagine it's been decades since you've done ballet is that right before this well no i mean i still took class a lot okay. but as but do, doing point and like going on your toes and all that, that i hadn't done that in a while so yeah it was like my last ditch effort to become a ballerina <laughs> um, so yeah so that's what i made this year and so i'm editing that right now that's, that's awesome and, yeah. Yeah. yeah so so yeah, I just am trying to keep creative. And then uh, next, this coming month, um, Melissa's story is someone that I do a lot of shows with. And we had a sketch um, series in like five years ago. And we are recording an album next, this coming Sunday, not a week from Sunday, and then at Comedy Bar and then December 20th. So hopefully we'll release that next year. So wow, you got yeah, so, that's that, it. so many little fires going. That's awesome. <laughs> I try. I try. Uh, um, you, you mentioned the homewrecker. Uh, you're credited as co-writing that movie. Uh, what was the process of writing that like? Because it's a horror comedy, and that's not 
you know, that's kind of a, a different genre. Yeah. Um, so Zach, who directed it, we, he had, he had actually, I, I met him about, oh, I don't know, seven years ago. And he edited a short film that I did called Chinatown. And he's, so we've been collaborating for a long time, but he had this idea. He wanted to work with me and the other actress, Alex Esso, who's, who's very famous now. She's in, um, uh, like, um, she was in Midnight Mass and all the Mike Flanagan. She was in um, Dr. Sleep. She's in a lot of Mike Flanagan horror movies. So he he's friends with her and he wanted to make a movie with the two of us. So he had this idea, um, just a very loose idea about these, the story. And then the three of us wrote all the story beats because we knew my we were going to use my house because and um, self-finance it. And then we just got together uh over the course of like a couple three weeks and we just we just wrote it um we wrote sorry we wrote oh, it you're good <laughs> yeah so we just wrote it together and like he had sort of i don't know like we we he had a good framework for what he wanted the story to be and then in terms of the comedy, the funny thing is, is that we thought, oh, we'll just write it loosely because we would shoot a lot of videos before where we would improvise a lot. And we thought, oh, we'll just like improvise a lot during the shoot. And then but then a, a real movie and we had no time. And so we ended up really pretty much shooting what we wrote. <laughs> 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 FYI, <laughs> when you make a movie, you don't have you, you, it's different than a sketch. Um, so so yeah so that was the process um but uh i hope i answered your question i'm not sure yeah no it sounded <laughs> like it was super fun that's awesome yeah and, yeah uh you guys use your house is your house like super scary <laughs> <laughs> wow well, the, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> it was in a way well because i was the thing was is like i was going to renovate my kitchen and i think in in zach's mind I was going to renovate the first floor and he because it's called home wrecker it's like a double meaning and he kind of oh. wanted me to like smash up my house <laughs> but then when we were shooting it i was like no we can't smash up my house i still haven't have to live here for a little bit so um so yeah we 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 did end up you know kind of i didn't care too much because the kitchen is totally different so we kind of smashed up my house a little bit um but uh yeah, so much of, you know, a movie, making a movie is finding a location, one location, keeping the, you know, expenses down. But yeah, it's, still, it's still a crazy, it's so hard to make a movie, but it's so much fun. And that's available like I, on Shudder? Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, it is. You can watch it on Shudder and um, you can, uh, Amazon Prime. Oh, um, okay, yeah. we have Amazon Prime, so Yay. we'll definitely check that out. It sounds super Oh, I'd love it if you saw it. I hope, yeah. you, I hope you like it. Yeah. You definitely. I might have to go soon. Okay. All right. Well, um, I guess you have a podcast. Want to tell us about your podcast real quick? Sure. Um, well, we haven't actually done any new podcasts in a long time. So that's with Melissa's story. So we were early podcast people. I think we started our podcast in 2013. Oh, and um, we, we were both single parents at the time. So we would um, interview and we always we, we would interview people who were single parents or who were co parenting. And we would most of them were comedians. 
<laughs> and uh, oh, actors. Um, and so we would just ask them about like how they handle it with dating and performing. And my son's dad and I were pretty, uh, after a little bit, we became pretty good friends and I got, became pretty close to his partner, new partner at the time. And they had a kid that I would babysit all the time. So it was very fluid. So we were just really curious about how people uh, would work that stuff out. So that's basically what we did. We interviewed people about their parenting. It's called Sex and a Single Parent. Well, it used to be, but now it's called Story and Chong. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It is. I, I read about Story and Chong and I didn't realize you, it was with a person named Story. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, it was the story. Yeah. That's, that's who awesome. I'm doing the comedy album with. Oh, okay. That's awesome. wonderful. I feel like that's a really good podcast because um, when I was, you know, when Sam and I were dating, I was still considered a single parent for my kids. And a lot of, a lot of the community did not believe that you should be a single parent and doing comedy, that you can't be a good mother and be out there doing comedy. And you having that as a podcast for people as a resource to say, look, it is possible and you're not a horrible person. <laughs> yeah, that's so that's nice great. to hear because that's really what really that's really what I did it for, because when I was going through the separation and the I, the divorce and like dealing with like you know, because my son was only three or three, three years old, it was really challenging. And I felt so alone. And I, and it felt like there was only two ways of doing it. There was only like, you know, you never talk to your ex again, um, mm -hmm. or you're really antagonistic. And now you have to like, be this other kind of person and like, not perform anymore and not do what you love because you have to raise this kid and otherwise you're a bad mom. And yeah, it was really, I felt very alone. And, um, and so it, yeah. So talking to all these people, you know, you realize that everybody has a different journey around it or like some people had it way worse. Yeah. <laughs> than so yeah, I was absolutely. like, oh. you know, like, like I, we interviewed one woman who was a single mom and she was pregnant and was single and was dating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man oh man that's crazy yeah i'm telling you that that's that's a really great uh podcast idea and i feel like that that can help a lot of people out there and a lot of people don't realize that there are folks from every walk of life trying to do comedy or trying to follow their dream out there and having stuff like that is really helpful having people like you who are willing to teach others how to do comedy or or even just how to like present their authenticity is really important for the community so thanks yeah oh that's nice to hear thank you yeah awesome so we'll we'll let you get out of here uh do you want to plug your social media sure so you can find me on Instagram at, at Precious Shelby Chong. And I'm on Twitter, uh, Precious Chong and Facebook. Same, my name. Awesome. Precious like the adjective, adjective. <laughs> nice. Hey, well, thank you so much, Precious, for joining us. It's been super fun talking to you. Likewise. Thank you for having me. I, excellent. And then everything we do, uh, you can find me at Funky San Medina. And I'm at She Shines for You. And everything okay, else awesome. is that hypothetical comedy. Oh, sorry. Everything else is that hypothetical comedy. <laughs> but yeah, so awesome. Thank you so much, Precious.
Thank you. Take care, guys. Likewise. Bye.